is the reason why we're here. We are here so that we can attain to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Okay, so everybody eyes up. Now tell me. Attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. See, you got it. You don't even need the paper anymore. I want to remind you that beginning Sunday night is a family gathering for churches of the Nazarene, congregations, and other people who are interested in coming. It is in conjunction with what is typically the opening convention at Nazarene Bible College. The services will be Sunday night, 6 o'clock, at Springs First Church of the Nazarene, which is down the hill. And then Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday night, say that with me, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday night, 7.30, in Strickland Chapel. So our chapel service is next week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, 7.30, in Strickland Chapel, with, and the speaker is Dr. Ed Heck. He is the pastor of the Kankakee First Church of the Nazarene in Kankakee, Illinois. And you'll be glad you came. So we are attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Stand and sing with me. From the ends of the earth From the depths of the from the heights of the heavens, your name be praised. From the hearts of the weak, from the shouts of the strong, from the lips of all people, this song be praised, Lord,
soul and all my inmost being. Praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who designs your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Heavenly Father, we do seek tonight to exalt you, to lift you up, to magnify your name, that by our lives, by our examples, by who and what we are, we would in fact exalt you. Bless, I pray, God, this 
time of looking to you. And we will give you the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Well, last night, Dr. Stelting told me in his message that I needed to start with something uh, that would grab your attention right off the bat. So what? In all the classes that you have with me this semester, Kevin. (laughs) Hey, that wasn't bad. Maybe you and I could get together sometime. Okay, now I have your attention. It worked. You don't know how, but it worked. Chaplain Like has been reminding us again and again, and the chapel services have been focused on attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. That is our chapel theme. Uh, On the wall behind me, if you can see it from over there, there's a picture that is fairly prevalent across the campus these days. You should have encountered it at some point thus far this year. The theme of the uh, student government, ASG, this year is to emerge. The scripture reference that has been taken by ASG is uh, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a nation belonging to God. You are His own special people. That you may proclaim His praises, who has called you out of darkness into His wonderful light. And thus the theme that ASG is putting before all students this year is emerge. Come out of the darkness into the wonderful light of God. We hear a lot these days about the emergent church. I'm not sure that many of us understand exactly what the emergent church is. If you're here saying, oh, I know, I understand, I know, you're, you're behind the times. After all, you're the old guy around here. I would suggest to you that you know what the emergent church is until that moment when you read another book or article on what the emergent church is really all about. I I was reading uh, the other day in a a book on uh, becoming a missional pastor. And in that book, they quoted from a book that I I really have to get because the title of the book is Searching or Search. Surfing on the edge of chaos. Ever felt like you were there? Uh, ever felt like that's where your life was uh, headed? Surfing on the edge of chaos. Last night I was watching the news briefly, and, and there was uh, there was a news clip about a, a surfing club made up entirely of grandmothers. 
the oldest one that was being shown on the TV was uh, 80 years old. Having just come from visiting our two grandchildren over the weekend, I suggested to Sharon that we really needed to find that surfing club for her. <laughs> they're, they're laughing at you, Sharon. Many times we feel like we are surfing on the edge of chaos. In that book, they identify emergence as a new state or condition. My prayer for you, my prayer for all of us, the prayer of the Associated Student Government for this year is that we will emerge out of darkness into his wonderful light. You say, oh, but Dr. Matson, we are already in his wonderful light. Oh, yes, we are, but we have a ways to go. And we are praying that God will help you find this year a new state or condition. Also quoted in that article is a statement, a jazz ensemble creates a new sound that no one could imagine from listening to the individual instruments. Right, Dr. Greenwell? I, uh, I love jazz music. When my youngest child was born, I, I determined that I would have at least one child who loved jazz music. That wasn't to say that the others didn't, but I just knew that, and, and also I, had, I was doing some graduate studies at the time, and, and I, I read a book entitled Growing Up Gifted, and of course I wanted my kid to grow up gifted. So, you know, one of the things they talked about was uh, helping set the tone of the environment in which he would grow up. So from the time he came home from the hospital, for uh, a good long period of time, by his bassinet and then by his crib. The radio was tuned constantly to jazz music. So much so that when he was about uh, two years old, Dave Brubeck was playing in Milwaukee. And Dave Brubeck is one of my favorites. And Lyndon had listened to Dave Brubeck again and again so we took him as a two-year-old to the Dave Brubeck concert. Got him all dressed up in a nice little neat suit, little bow tie. He was all cute. As we walked into the concert hall, you should have seen the looks from the other patrons. What's that kid doing here? I wondered for a while if it was a good idea because as we began uh, to settle into our seats, he became fidgety and fussy. And then suddenly the quartet walked out on the platform. They began to play. He looked to his mother and grabbed his pacifier, laid down across both of our laps and blissfully sucked away and enjoyed the Jazz creates a new sound that no one can imagine from listening to the individual instruments. That's what emergence is all about. <coughs> Folks, we really do need each other. There's absolutely no way that you can make it through your experience at Nazarene Bible College alone. The other day I was... Uh, 
I was reading The Evangelist Perspective. If you'd like to, to have a copy, they're right outside. Uh, no, no, not now. Not now. After chapel's over. Well, okay, pick one up if you have to. Everybody's helping me get attention tonight. I love it. The second article has this beautiful picture on it that I just couldn't pass up. It's an article written by uh, Dr. Ken Mills, Mid-Atlantic District Superintendent. And in it, he talks about uh, the fact that we really do need each other. And he's writing about family camp, and the, the subtitle is Created for Community. But in the article, he talks about the fact, and he's relating someone else's experience, who had gone on a family vacation and decided that on this vacation they couldn't take their poor little puppy. And so they decided to put their puppy into a pet hotel. Where all of the puppy's needs could be supplied. Not just a veterinarian place where they just bored dogs. But a place where the dog would have his own room. Would have a TV on all day long so that he could watch. A place where his every desire for food was fulfilled. He would be well taken care of. He would be walked. He would be manicured. He would be brushed. He would enjoy the finest luxury. In fact, the article talks about the fact that the man who put his dog in the kennel or in the hotel was then afraid to tell his parents who he went to visit how much money he had spent just to keep the dog in the hotel. Lo and behold, when they picked up the dog at the end of their vacation, they were all joyful and happy as they climbed into the car and headed home and the kids in the back seat are petting the dog and suddenly they begin to exclaim, something's wrong with the dog. And as they're petting the dog, entire hands full of hair are coming out. And so they immediately called their regular veterinarian to find out what in the world had happened to their poor dog at the pet hotel and explained the situation and the veterinarian said, oh, it's quite simple. It has nothing to do with the hotel. Your dog was simply lonely for you. You could provide the best food, the best care, the best brushing, the best grooming, but you and your children were not there, and the dog simply was lonesome. And the article goes on to talk about the fact that within a matter of almost hours after being cared for again by the puppy's children, the puppy quit losing its hair. And the point is, we really, if dog needs community, what about you and me? I have been gripped in recent months, literally, by passages from the 12th chapter of the book of Romans. I would invite you to turn with me to Romans chapter 12. And I simply want to read verse 12, though 
quite frankly, I wish I could read all the way from uh, verse 9 to the very end of the chapter. Because over and over and over again, God has gripped me with the precepts that Paul is talking about as he talks about being transformed. In another sense, by being, by being, by emerging or by being filled to the fullness of God. But there are three simple phrases that I want to give to us tonight as Nazarene Bible College students, faculty, and staff that I want us to live by this year as we seek together to be filled to the fullness of God, to emerge out of darkness into His wonderful light. The first phrase is simply, be joyful in hope. How many of you, don't show your hands, it would depress me. How many of you enrolled in Nazarene Bible College because you really didn't have anything else to do and no other way to spend your money? Well, go ahead. Uh, let me see your hands. It's interesting. No, it's not. There is not a single student who is here who did not come here with the hope of realizing a goal and with the sense that God was calling them to come to this place. There's not a single faculty member who serves on this faculty who did not come to Nazarene Bible College because they believed that they could make a difference in their world by training men and women for ministry to evangelize, disciple, and minister to the world. You and I have come here with hope. This is only the second week. <laughs> Keep the hope going, folks. Keep it alive. Keep it well. Be joyful in that hope. Hold on to that vision that God gave you. Hold on to the reason why you are here. Don't allow anything to come between you and the vision of why God called you here. There are some remarkable stories in this room. There's a family that is on this campus. The husband is studying. He was in my office today. He said to me, I don't have a job yet. <laughs> I just looked at another student who thought he's talking about me. No, I'm not talking about you. I know there are several students who have moved out here by faith, believing that God has called them to this place. They have come with all measure of hope. They are joyful in that hope. And already Satan is beginning to try I had a student last night in chapel say to me, I almost quit last week. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands of how many of you might have been in that same category. You see, Satan fights us hard to keep us from accomplishing that which God has called us to do. 
I have been gripped in recent months as I have thought about be joyful in hope. And I want to say to all of you students, the faculty, the staff, other students are here to help you. Do not try to do it alone. If you do, you'll lose your hair. Well, figuratively speaking, for most of you. You can't do it alone. You need the community. You need the fellowship. You need to be with other people. You've got to rely on someone else. Don't get out there alone. Don't get out there beginning to lose sight of that vision. Don't get away from the community. Get involved in activities. Don't just come to this campus for, for class. Second phrase. Patient in affliction. You haven't run into it yet. And I'm not talking about the final tests. <laughs> there will come across your pathway issues and circumstances that you can't even begin to imagine. We really do need each other. And you need to connect with someone else and we all have to rely on each other and in the midst of whatever circumstances and afflictions Satan throws across your pathway, be patient. Hold on to that hope. Hold on to that hope and be joyful in it. But in the midst of temptation, in the midst of affliction, in the midst of uncertainty, in the midst of doubt, be patient. Now you're going to have to really put on your imaginative caps with me. How many of you have seen the movie Facing the Giants? Oh, good. For those of you who haven't, at this point in this message, right now, I was going to show a five-minute clip from Facing the Giants. Uh, slight problem. <laughs> I have been debating for weeks whether I should or not. I mean, as you know, we're not set up to do video here. But I finally decided this afternoon I was going to do it. So I went to sermonspice.com, found the clip I wanted, paid my $12 through my credit card, downloaded it, watched it on my computer monitor, carried my computer and my video projector over here. It worked beautifully. Well, there was a problem. See, I have this PowerPoint, and then I had the, the video in the background, and when I clicked from the PowerPoint to the video, it worked fine. And then I clicked back to the PowerPoint, and the PowerPoint didn't come back. The video stayed. And every time I tried to do anything with the video, there it was, full screen. But I figured we'd figure out a way to do it somehow. So, Chaplain Light comes in. we got to get the sound set up. We plug the sound into the computer. And apparently, the sound card blew. 
Be patient in affliction. <laughs> the video clip that I was going to show you, and if you haven't seen the movie, drop by my office sometime and I'll show it to you with real sound on my desktop. There's a point in that movie, it's a, it's a movie about a high school football team that hasn't won in years. And there comes a point in the movie when, when one of the biggest linemen is doubting whether or not they can ever win. And they've already lost a couple of games on the season, and, and the coach gets him out. They're, they're, they do the, the death crab crawl thing from the goal line to the 10-yard line to the 20. They're carrying somebody on their back. They're crawling hands and knees. The coach gets the guy out on the field and says, I need everything that you've got. Give me your all. Can you go to the 50-yard line? The guy says, well, I can go to the 30, coach. And the coach says, no, I need everything that you have got. Give me the 50. The kid says, well, coach, I can do it without somebody on my back. And he said, no, you're going to do it with somebody on your back. Can you do the 50? And he finally says, I'll try. And then the coach says, there's one, one more catch. You do it blindfold. So he grabs the kid, puts him on his back. He is doing the crab crawl, death crawl, whatever you want to call it. He is going, and the coach is beside him, encouraging him along. And he says to him, don't give up, don't give up, don't give up. And the kid goes down the field, and finally he says, Coach, have I reached the 30? And the coach says, don't worry about it, just keep going. And he goes, and he goes, and he finally says, Coach, it hurts, I can't go any further. And the coach says, keep going, you can make it, you can do it. And the coach stands beside him and yells at him like no coach in his right mind would do today if he didn't want a lawsuit. (laughs) And finally the kid says, I can't do it anymore, Coach. And he falls down. And the coach is on his face before him. He says, Brock, you're not at the 50. You're in the end zone. You came here with a hope that you would make it through. Do not settle for the 30. Do not settle for the 50. Don't ever give up. Be patient in affliction. Make it all the way to the goal line. And again I say to you, you can't do that by yourself. Even though the movie is fiction, in the video, the kid would never have made it without the coach's prodding. Find someone who will help you make it through. Be patient in affliction, but when you are in the midst of the battle, don't bear it alone. Share it with somebody. The final point is be faithful in prayer. Pray for each other. How many of you have cell phones with you tonight? Hold them up. I want your cell phones up. How many have on your cell phone an alarm? Okay. I want you to do me a favor, and I'm serious when I say this. I want you to set your alarm to go off every single day at 12.12 in the afternoon. 
Romans 12, 12. I want to invite you right now to join the Romans 12, 12 covenant. My alarm is set. I've been doing this for months. And when my alarm goes off at 12, 12 in the afternoon every day, when I hear it, I pray for the college, I pray for the faculty, I pray for the students. I want all across this campus, wherever you are at 1212 across this city, I want you to hear the sound of the chime 1212 and be reminded that you're going to be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, and faithful in prayer for each other. And let us together emerge out of the darkness into his wonderful light. Thank you. I want us to sing to the one who makes that happen. You are the only one I
Father, we thank you that you have called us out of darkness into your wonderful light. May we emerge together as together we remain joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful and fervent in prayer. Amen. You're dismissed. Thank mm-hmm. you.